Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It's 830 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene, Economic Indicators. Brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. The only number at 830, the Chicago Fed National Activity Index, falls to negative uh, 0.29 from positive 0.28. The big news of the day, 10 o'clock, existing home sales forecast to be down 3%. Tom, you've got some breaking news here. Well, I guess it's breaking news. It's sort of non-news, valiant news pending and to review. And, and I thought we did some great work on this a number of days ago. 70 to 54 to 31 to 29, closing just under 27 and right now down 4.5%, 25.77. Mike, what I would state that's critical is this stock has yet to find a bid in four or five uh, tumultuous days. Two more downgrades today. Uh, so uh, the stock uh, in in trouble, Barclays and Mizuho downgrading the stock to uh, uh, Barclays to equal yeah. weight from overweight and uh, Mizuho to underperform from neutral. Yeah. Well, there it is. And uh, uh, we'll keep you up to date on this as we see news come uh, news less pending uh, in the coming hours. We've got a Midwest focus this morning. Thank you to David Harrow of Chicago with Oakmark for his perspective. Right now, Diane Swank joins us uh, in Chicago as well. Diane, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful to have you on. Um, just to start with the 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 essence of DS economics and your view of industrialized America. Are we in manufacturing recession? You know, actually, the manufacturing sector looks like it's starting to bottom out now and come back a bit. So we were certainly in some parts of the manufacturing sector in a recession as collateral damage from the oil price bust hit, particularly in the steel industry. It also had collateral damage in the transportation industry, which is big here in Chicago. Everything from trucks to the rail industry was carrying around stuff for the shale industry. On the flip side of it, of course, the auto industry had held up. Now we're looking at many manufacturing indices that are starting to firm a little bit. And last month, the industrial production numbers actually came up a bit for manufacturing activity. The weakness was in things like utility and mining. So it does look like we're crawling our way back. That's the good news. The bad news is crawl. We're not running. This isn't a sprint, and it's not even a marathon yet. This is an industry that's been hit hard by the strength of the dollar, and that's one of the things, of course, that the Federal Reserve took into account last week. One of the things we haven't talked a lot about, and and I haven't seen a lot of discussion about, is yes, we all have the statistics on manufacturing dropping because of the problems in the energy Energy sector, but as uh, those jobs go away, that has a knock-on effect on other jobs and other businesses in those economies. That's exactly right. One of the things in the manufacturing sector, even though the number of jobs in manufacturing have fallen quite dramatically over the last 30 to 40 years, and it's not the kind of sector it once was as a backbone of the U.S. economy. We've moved more to a service economy. Many of the service sector jobs are actually dependent on jobs in the manufacturing sector, and you do have spillover effects. What's been interesting to see is how strong overall employment gains have held up in recent months, given the weakness we've seen in overall manufacturing activity, the weakness we've seen also in retail trade. If we believe the data, and I'm 
starting to have my own doubts about the believability of some of this data um, in terms of retail spending. The consumer has not exactly been out spending with a lot of gusto on a lot of on a lot of stuff recently, with the exception of sort of food services and accommodations. They are they are again still spending on that's where the oil dividend is, but it really is kind of surprising to see some of the weakness in retail sales we've seen also. What's the uh, the most important number that you're watching these days that uh, would tell us something about where the economy is? Uh, is it Michigan? <laughs> Are they in the bracket this year? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask. You know, the, the most important number is, of course, employment, but I would say wages now. We really need to know, is that a thermometer of how well the labor market is doing? Are they accelerating? I think it's important that Chair Yellen also pointed out we've not seen as much wage acceleration as we'd like. Well, I think I think that's one of the key issues is wage acceleration. Okay, this is a key point. We're talking, folks, earlier with Ben Emmons about CPI and overshoot. Uh, Dr. Swank, are you saying that wage inflation, forget about overshoot, isn't even green shooting yet? a little green shoots out there, maybe a little bit. I think what we're seeing in the inflation numbers is we have seen a pickup in healthcare inflation, and that's related to both an increase in coverage through the Affordable Care Act. It's also related to some losses in the Affordable Care Act, and they've increased premiums, and we've seen that show up in all of us having to pay a lot more for our healthcare, which could have sort of a knockoff effect of then people cutting back on healthcare spending going forward because they're having to pay more of it mm-hmm. themselves. I think that's really important. But, um, you know, we really are not in that wage spiral yet of wage-based inflation. And we should see some some inflation pick up as oil prices bottom out and the the drag of import prices plays out. We should see those things have a little hotter inflation, warmer at least, but we're still barely at a temperature of living. We're talking about the economic data this week, and I guess housing gets the focus, but I noticed durable goods in the back end. Give us an update on the knowledge you glean from durable goods. You know, durable goods is really important because it gives us a sense of what are we willing to bet going forward? Are we willing to make an investment in machinery, equipment, and productivity growth? This is, of course, one of the real Achilles heel of the economy in, in the last couple of years mm-hmm. is the slowdown in productivity growth. Without productivity growth, you can't get increases in living standards and sustained increases in wages that are less inflationary over time. And right. right now, we're hoping to see, again, a little upside surprise that durable goods that core capital goods number coming back. It looks like we've worked through some of the the declines. When you when you cut everything you can cut in the oil industry in terms of investment, it's no longer a headwind. You're at the bottom of the barrel. Right. So it's not necessarily good news, but at least that part of it, it looks like we're starting to see some of this other bit of an activity in the manufacturing sector come back in right. some investment, but some, not okay. a lot. Well, Diane Swark with us of Michigan. Michigan upset by Notre Dame. None of it matters. Notre Dame, because, Mike, I had West Virginia, like, almost the whole way. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I, I got, I, I just, I'm speechless over my bracket today. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit VolvoCarsWhitePlains.com. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Today, President Obama will sit down with Cuban President Raul Castro. Yesterday, the president arrived in Cuba with the first lady and his two daughters. It is the first time a sitting president visited Cuba in almost 90 years. The president was asked by ABC News, why is today the right time for him to visit Cuba? Although we still have significant differences around human rights uh, and individual liberties inside of Cuba, We felt that coming now would maximize 
our ability to prompt more change. Before leaving Cuba tomorrow, President Obama plans to meet with political dissidents. Donald Trump's campaign says it will add security to larger events. The decision is so campaign staffers do not assist in removing protesters. Russian investigators say they can't immediately read data from the flight recorders of a Dubai plane that crashed in southern Russia on Saturday, killing all 62 on board. An aviation official says that the black boxes from the Fly Dubai plane have been damaged so much that experts have not been able to read the data. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Ray Katina Auto Group Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashower. John. Mike, late-night drama in the NCAA tournament. In St. Louis, Wisconsin, who's gone to the Final Four the last two years, was in deep trouble. But Bronson Koenig tied Xavier with a three-point with 11 seconds left and then hit another one at the buzzer. The Badgers won 66-63. So Xavier, the second two-seed to be ousted. All the ones still alive, although Oregon needed to come back to beat St. Joe's. 69-64, the Ducks, the only Pac-12 team left. The other six are gone. ACC's been amazing, going 12-1, and six of the Sweet 16. Syracuse, a 75-50 route of Middle Tennessee. Notre Dame, a 76-75 squeaker over upset-minded Stephen F. Austin. Texas A&M trailed Northern Iowa by 12 with under 40 seconds to go. By five with 14 seconds left, the Aggies finished regulation on a 14-2 run. They won in double overtime, 92-88. Biggest collapse over a final minute in tournament history, and Northern Iowa suffers the agony of defeat 48 hours after the thrill of victory they had won Friday on a shot from midcourt. Knicks now 15 under 500. They beat beaten by Sacramento at the Garden 88-80. Carmelo Anthony didn't play due to migraine. Knicks are 0-8 without him. Devils top Columbus 2-1 on a Devontae Smith-Pelly goal third period, making the winner of Scott Wedgwood in his NHL debut. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. Yeah, John, thanks for the reminder of the agony of defeat. The thrill of victory is Scarlet Foo's bracket over at TV News. They've put together uh, different television people and radio people that uh, do this. And, and Mike, Scarlet Foo is outdistancing all. Oh, mean, congratulations to Scarlet. It is. I don't I have no idea what the pixie does. It has to do with Harry Potter and wizardry and, and all that. I don't know how she's. I, I well, need you to, need to get her advice next year. I need to talk to her this morning about salvaging my bracket. Red on the screen, green earlier, negative three Dow futures, uh, negative 20. Uh, we're watching oil now green, but it was a little light earlier. I'm going to call it a decided churn. Waiting for news and waiting for data. Uh, we do that. Uh, Diane Swank with us from DS Economics. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. The sports report was brought to you by Ray Katina Auto Group. Let Ray Katina show you the way to affordable luxury driving. Visit any one of their 16 beautiful showrooms in New Jersey and New York. Call 1-800-NEW-AUTO or go to raykatina.com for special offers.